Today on the Unabated Podcast, Captain Jack and I are talking about how you can expand your gambling network, how to make connections, knowing who to trust, and so much more. It's a great episode. Let's get to it. everyone and welcome on into the unabated podcast i'm thomas violin joining me as always mr unabated himself captain jack and today we're going to be getting into a topic that's nice and evergreen here we're going to be talking about how to expand your gambling network that's not just talking about expanding your outs and things like that we're talking about meeting other people sharing of ideas knowing who you can trust it's going to be a great show we're going to be going through all of that but first jack how has your week been? It's been a minute, but man, I, I'll tell you, it's been fa- it's been a fun week here in Las Vegas. I'll say that much. Oh, I'm sure you had a fun week. Uh, it's not often the Stanley Cup comes parading down the center of town, and that's what happened for you. So congratulations, Thomas. Uh, you had to wait six long years for that. I, I can't imagine the agony and the heartbreak you've been through, but <laughs> congratulations on seeing a, seeing a championship in your town. Saw two championships this weekend, actually. We saw the uh, Stanley Cup, of course, which was absolutely fantastic. The parties have been nonstop. I haven't run into any Golden Knights just yet, but I'm holding out hope of achieving my dream of drinking from the Stanley Cup without actually having to go out on the ice and win it, because that would be very, very difficult. But uh, also saw the United States take down the CONCACAF Champions League here in Vegas this weekend. As a soccer head, it might be a cash grab tournament, but you know what? It was really fun to watch us dismantle Mexico and Canada. This team has a lot of talent. I'm already getting excited for the World Cup. And we got a Women's World Cup coming up right around the corner here. Ton of stuff in the soccer world uh, going on this summer, really, for those that don't want to just bet baseball. But today, like we said, we are talking about how to build up your gambling network here. And some of that is how you introduce yourself to people, how you suss out who you can and can't trust. And all sorts of other things that go into being able to develop a tight inner circle. And Jack, let's get started talking about it. One of the first things here that I want to ask you, how is it that you suss out if someone is on the up and up, if they're a contender, if they're just a pretender and maybe a shadier character than you want to be getting involved with? So in in terms of how do you hone your spidey senses to be able to read somebody at first meeting? Uh, Look, this is important because... It's, it's evergreen, but it's also timely. We have Bet Bash coming up, Spanky's Bet Bash in August. And there's a lot of people that are going to be attending that. It's even bigger this year, which is hard to imagine, but it is. And there's speed networking. There's a lot of opportunity to meet people and, and kind of uh, find, I'm not going to say find partnerships, but at least find people that you might want to carry on a relationship with in terms of networking down the line. So uh, there's generally the crowd at Bet Bash. It's going to be a fairly uh, rec plus crowd. These are people that want to learn more. They're they're aspirationally sharp, and they're not maybe not the sharpest sports betters in the world, but they're going to Bet Bash to try to get sharper. But when you're in a sports book any other day of the week, there's a lot of characters in a sports book, right? And if you make the mistake of actually talking to people in a sports book, which I rarely ever do, uh, you know, if you spot me in a sports book, I'm usually heads down trying to stay uh, as unapproachable as possible. I'm, I'm there to work, right? But one of the first telltale signs is if you start to talk to somebody uh, about sports betting and all they want to do is talk about the money. In other words, like, oh, yeah, 
I, you know, if I just had $50,000, I could definitely make this system work. I've got this foolproof system, but I just need the $50,000. Or conversely, if they only want to talk about their wins, in other words, oh yeah, I won this big one. I won this big, big parlay. I won, I won this and I won that. They never talk about the losses. That's a red flag right there. Anybody that's talking about if they only had the money, if they only uh, had a little bit more capital and they win all the time, those, those are the two biggest red flags. Because honestly, if you are a real sports better, you know, you lose a lot. Uh, you lose often and you have to deal with those losses. And if they were winning all the time, they wouldn't need the money. So uh, the other thing is, I, I often tell people like when you're meeting somebody new, whether that be online or in real life uh, related to sports betting, stay within your comfort zone. Like if somebody's like, hey, you know, let's let's pair up on this. Let's do this together. And it's for a dollar amount that you're just not comfortable with. Don't feel bad to say no. You're, there's no machismo you have to prove of how good a sports better you are just because you're willing to slap down five grand on something. You know, if you're only willing to slap down 100, 50, 20, let that be your limit to start. Those of you who have uh, PPH outs, in other words, like uh, local bookies, you know that often you have to start at a very low limit with a local bookie to prove yourself, to prove that you're going to actually pay if you lose. And sometimes those limits are like $300 for the entire week. You have to put in your work and you have to prove yourself. And so anybody that you're willing to partner with, if they've been through that, ringer of having uh, uh you know a pph out or a local bookie they should be okay with okay let's just start small and see where it goes um and one more one more thing when you meet somebody new don't tip your hand you know if you do have a golden goose in your in your pocket i don't know that sounds kind of weird but if you have something that's really a money maker for you don't lead off with that don't tell them right away like oh I can, you know, I can do this. I got this. Because one, you're going to sound like you're the kind of person you're trying to avoid. Somebody that's always talking about their wins and kind of talking themselves up too much. Uh, but also, you don't want to give away what you have to bring to the table completely. So you got to build that trust factor first. And you often don't want to tip your hand when you're meeting somebody new. Exactly. It it, it very much is. You want to play the cards close, close to the vest. And especially because you don't know who someone else is going to be talking to. You don't know who they're involved with. You don't know where that information is going to be going from there. And that's something that you really have to be mindful of. Isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. In fact, you have to assume, and I, you know, hopefully I'll get into this a little bit later as well. You have to assume that whatever you say to somebody that is not a close partner or in your, your smallest of small groups, you have to assume they're talking to somebody else and they're going to repeat what you said. So, yeah, that's another reason why you definitely shouldn't tip your hand too much uh, before you can fully trust someone, because chances are they're going to they're going to talk about it. So if you're you know, if you're beating some uh, rogue prop at some sports book and you're like, oh, they prop, they 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 price this prop wrong every day, Tom. And I go in there and I can grab, you know, three hundred dollars of value every day. Well, chances are <laughs> you're just going to go to somebody else and go, hey, I got this hot prop. It's either this sports book and you get about $300 a day and then that person's going to go. And before you know it, the angle's probably gone. So uh, that's one good reason just to assume people are going to be talking. That is very, very true. Now, when it comes to some of the encounters that you may have in a sports book, what's your biggest pet peeve when someone comes up to you and it's like, I, I know you, you're, you're Captain Jack, you're a great better. 
And they, of course, are going to want advice or they're going to ask the age old question. What are you betting today? Who do you what, like? Tonight? What are your biggest pet peeves here? Yeah, that, that's it right there. Who do you like tonight? You got any picks for me? Uh, look, I've been I've been in sports books with Spanky and, you know, Spanky famously doesn't know who the players are. Right. And the sports book manager will be like, oh, hey, it's Spanky and Captain Jack. Who do you guys like tonight? Now, if you follow either of us at all, you know, we don't make picks. That's not how we operate. Um, and in fact, you know, we're not really making picks even when we are betting. We're basically uh, betting the market inefficiencies. So, yeah, uh, that, that bothers me the most, asking, you know, what picks you got tonight? Who do you like? Um, but beyond that, it's it's people that also are not realizing that I'm kind of there to work. You know, if I'm in a sports book, I'm there because I'm probably looking to get down. Now, if you see me out at Bet Bash this year at Circa, I'm probably not working that week. It's just too much of a social atmosphere. So if I'm hanging around the sports book, I'm probably just hanging around the sports book. Um, you know, you can approach me then. But if you were to see me in some other sports book somewhere and I'm not wearing unabated gear, uh, chances are I'm there to actually do work. And uh, if you, you know, try not to get in, get in my way, please. And, and that goes, um, well, first off, a sports book manager asking you and Spanky, what do you like tonight is pretty ironic, given the fact that you're probably not going to be able to get it down at said book. Oh, right. He was he was asking for himself as if like we're going to like, oh, well, we really like this. but We can't bet it. So here you go. We'll give yeah. it to you. <laughs> now we're not that generous. Mm -hmm. But it's not just it's not just you and your personal opinions on being approached at a book. But obviously something like Bet Bash is more of an event. People are there to network. People are there to build these connections. But yeah, for professional bettors, is that a good rule of thumb in general? Just if someone's at the book, they're probably working and probably don't want to be bothered. Or is it more of just a case by case basis or even just a quick wave? Hello? I mean, that's actually, you know, a really good point, Tom, is it's usually best to approach somebody outside of where they're actually working. So in other words, if I were to see uh, an advantage player that I know is hole carding, I'm not going to go tap them on the shoulder while they're on a blackjack game and be like, hey, man, you know, hey, John, good to see you. Don't don't use their name. Don't even approach them in the casino whatsoever. You're probably hurting yourself because, you know, they're red hot in terms of surveillance watching them and now you've associated yourself with them and now you've become quite frankly an accomplice to them in, in the eyes of surveillance so you know it's a it's a different situation in a sports book slightly because people are kind of working out in the open they're not there you know um you know in disguise or anything but at the same time don't use somebody's name in a casino or a sports book um you know don't draw attention to your interaction with them uh, be respectful that they could be doing something there they don't want you to be a part of. Uh, so you got to understand that, like especially around a sports book, it always seems like, oh, you know, Jack, you're a you're a personality on Twitter and and on social media. You must want all this attention in a casino and sports book, right? No, like normally when I'm in a casino or a sports book, I'm trying to stay as um, low key as possible. Although I will say, if you see me there in like unabated gear, I'm probably doing something else and I'm probably not really working because obviously I'd be drawing too much of my attention myself. So that's another reason why sometimes you can, you know, come up and say hello. But either way, just be respectful and, you know, maybe observe and, and figure out if they're doing something that they might not want to be disturbed. Yeah, because, again, we're using you as the example here, but these are 
general rules of thumb that can apply to anyone from the Spankies and the Jacks of the world to even someone who is, well, a little more out in the open, like Rufus, a guy who obviously is using his real name and everybody pretty much knows his face when he comes into a book. But that is also something about a lot of betters that really feel like it doesn't need to be said, but apparently for some people it does. Um, there are a lot of pseudonyms in this industry. If you know someone's real name, there's a reason that they're using a pseudonym and you probably should not ever talk about their real name. Right. That's that's kind of a golden rule when it comes to all forms of advantage play. Uh, look, I don't use my real name because I need a little bit of layer of protection. I have, uh, you know, I still do things in casinos with casino games. I don't want people to know my real name. Uh, I have been known to wear disguises in casinos. So, yeah, I would rather just, you know, fly under the radar that way. Um, a little bit of an anonymity is a good thing when it comes to the Internet these days anyway. So, uh, but yeah, don't don't ever use somebody's real name in a in a casino setting, whether it be sportsbook or otherwise. I'm just picturing you in like a full Mrs. Doubtfire outfit right now. Uh, OK, that's a little weird, but uh, oh, as a disguise. Oh, yes. OK, never mind. Yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going back to approaching people at something like Bet Bash, it it is a networking event. It is a time mm -hmm. when you're supposed to be there, meeting new people, getting to know some new betters. Maybe not necessarily, you know, giving away all of your edges and comparing, but, but it's a time to exchange some information. And when it comes to your own information, what are some of the ways that you recommend people think going about thinking about okay? These are the things that I should avoid talking about. These are the things that are okay for me to talk about and how you balance that kind of quid pro quo because obviously everyone's going to be guarding their own edges. Right. And this is especially true at something like Bet Bash where you're meeting somebody and you can kind of tell pretty quickly the level of their sophistication. Um, and you, you probably do not want to basically lay all your cards on the table and say, oh, this is what I do to make money here where I'm at. You know, you kind of have to be a little bit uh, strategic in who you're talking to and, and what you're saying to them. The person you're talking to may be far more logistically organized than you are. And so if you tell them about this play that makes you $50, well, they could probably scale that 10x and they could make $500 with each bet uh, or something like that. So you have to be a little bit careful that way. One of the best things, though, I think, in terms of what I've seen in networking is find somebody who just likes to talk shop about things with you. You don't have to be like a quid pro quo. It just has to be a, oh, I know what you're talking about because I go through that same thing, too. And maybe it's something like balancing work life or about work and life, rather, um, or maybe something like getting limited at books and being like, oh, you know, yeah, I've been limited at Canby and BetMGM and all those. And you kind of commiserate over that, maybe talk about each other's, uh, you know, various limits and things like that. But you always want to kind of keep it a little bit more like you just want to get to know the person. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, hey, Tom, the first time I met you, you remember this, was up at Legacy Club at Circa. And uh, well, you're, you're a very talkative, aggressive guy. Uh, not aggressive, but I was like, okay, this this guy's kind of cool, but I have no idea if he's a sharp better or what I can trust him with. So it was very much like we just talked about casual things, talked about life in general. Uh, I knew you you came in with Rufus, and so I knew you knew Rufus. I knew you knew that much, but uh, I didn't I didn't know you much, so I wasn't about to kind of say, oh, hey, 
you know, look at this bet that I just made, or this is look at what I'm doing down in the sports book. Uh, keep it casual to start. And I think build your relationship that way. Exactly. It's very okay to start your conversation with somebody just talking about some normal things, especially at an event like Bet Bash. Where, where are you from? Uh, what do you like? What, what, even what sports do you just like watching? Just anything, just getting to know somebody. It, it's almost, it, this is very awkward dating that's going on here. Let's be yes. real. Yes, it, it is. Uh, and, you know, Bet Bash is one of a kind event in terms of awkwardness. <laughs> Uh, 98% male, maybe 99% male, uh, except for <laughs> the closing night event, which suddenly all these females show up. Well, what's going on there? Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's a it's a very good event for meeting people. And trust me, everyone else is coming into it the same way. So don't don't worry about the awkwardness. We have the speed dating event that Spanky puts on. That's a great way to meet people. Um, you know, I met quite a few people in that speed. A networking event last year where it just felt like like oh wow okay i look forward to talking to you again and i have so uh, there's always opportunities there now when it comes to some of the conversations if they do get down to a little more of the nitty-gritty one thing that you want to watch out for and avoid is quite frankly these are people you don't know and some of them might even just outright be lying to you in order to manipulate for their own edge right Right. So it really comes down to how do you trust somebody? How do you build that trust? Now, we've been talking so far about something like in-person meeting, whether in a sports book or uh, at Bet Bash. But for the majority of people that are listening to this podcast, your way of meeting somebody is online. And right now with social media, you have a lot of different ways to meet people. I would say meeting people and networking with people follows a similar scientific method that I've laid out when in my sports betting. And the first step of the scientific method is to observe and build a hypothesis. So you observe tweets from one person. Maybe you follow them on Twitter. Maybe you see them in a Discord or a Slack uh, environment and you observe their level of sharpness and you go, oh, okay. You make kind of a mental note. This, this person seems like they know what they're talking about. And from there, you go and you build your hypothesis and you build a theory around it of saying, okay, every time I've seen Tom post something, it's it's generally pretty good, or he's entertaining, or he's, you know, he's got something sharp to say. I think I might want to, you know, know this guy a little bit better. And that's when you move into the experimentation phase where you reach out and try to uh, establish some kind of network with them. This is where it helps to have yourself also out there saying sharpish things, or at least putting yourself out there as someone that people can know, like, and trust, right? So when you get to that DM phase, uh, you can start to build that networking and say, oh, hey, look, it's, you know, it's Jack. Uh, I just was going to reach out, really liked your post about MLS. And, uh, you know, I actually was just getting started in MLS. What, any advice for somebody starting out in it? You know, build that relationship. Again, start small. Start with something that's in your comfort zone. Don't start saying, hey, look, I have a fresh BetMGM account here in Indiana. Uh, do you want to bet into it? Because you seem pretty sharp. Mm, that's a little too forward. That's going to come across as like, a, whoa, wait, wait a minute. What are you, what are you asking for here? Uh, you know, build the relationship first. Build that trust. And then, uh, you know, further that along. Look, you don't have to exchange phone numbers. You don't have to be calling each other. You don't have to text each other all the time. This is just a person that you know you can you can trust and 
share some information with down the line. Exactly. You, you again. The similarities to dating are very real here. You're building that trust over time. And do you, do you feel like a lot of betters in general do want to be helpful for other people starting out? There's a different, there's, there's of course a big difference between someone like you or someone like Rufus saying, oh yeah, here's my golf model. And someone saying, oh, well, these are the places that you might want to start if you're someone who's looking to just improve your edge and get better. Yes. I think there is a lot of people out there that are into sports betting and kind of want to prove how smart they are, right? Like that's what we, that's why we do sports betting so we can prove to ourselves that we can beat this game, this this logic puzzle. And for some people though they would like to be acknowledged. And that's why a lot of times you'll see somebody try to build up some kind of clout online. Uh and often people the shortcut they take is oh, I'm going to talk about my big win. I'm going to post my ticket and talk about my huge win that I had uh, on this event. I, you know, I prefer to take the longer game approach where uh, you just keep on trying to help people and, and say sharpish things so that you can kind of build that reputation as somebody who's helpful and and uh, is, is somebody that you can learn from. Uh, one of the things, Tom, that I've always done is I'll reply to anybody that reaches out to me, unless it's clearly a scam or it's somebody wasting my time, uh, I'll reply. And, you know, even if it's somebody I can't help in any way, I'll just say, hey, thanks for reaching out. Um, I think that's a good way to kind of just build that reputation online. And that's that's served me well over the years. I have many situations where somebody I helped came back and said, hey, Jack, here, I don't know if you saw this, but here's some positive EV. And oh, yeah, it was. And um, I probably, I don't know, I probably made six figures from people kind of just giving back to what I gave out to them. It's true. I mean, there definitely is a side of the gambling social media community that is less than fun to interact with. But there are so many fantastic supportive individuals in this community, and especially in a place like the unabated discord, which by the way, if you're not a member, you want to meet if you want to meet some new great people, and you're not already a member of the unabated discord, click the link below and sign up today, get involved, because it is a fantastic community full of people looking to help each other become sharper and looking to give out good advice just as much as they're looking to get it. But when it comes to some of that advice and being able to suss out what is good versus what is bad and knowing who to trust, it helps to have your own circles of influence, your own inner circle, and then moving out from there. How is it yeah. that you build up and how is it that you find people move from place to place? Right. So, Tom, I, this is what I would term as uh, co-centric circles. In other words, they all have the same point of origin and it's you. It's it's you, the better. And basically, these are co-centric circles that some have a bigger radius than others. And at the smallest, the smallest radius is is your smallest, tightest circle. And that's basically family business partners or maybe somebody that you have like just one-on-one -on -one correspondence with and it's understood that whatever happens in that circle stays in that circle okay uh it's not necessarily any kind of legal agreement or anything it's just a you this is your explicit circle of trust okay that's your tightest circle now radiating a little bit larger than that as your second secondary circle is basically a small networking group um, maybe these are teammates, maybe these are people that 
Uh, you have like a small group on Telegram that you share information with. And it's also understood here that, okay, whatever we talk about in this circle is within our closed circle of friends, but it's it's not necessarily bankroll sharing or anything like that. It is uh, just more of information sharing uh, among similar type of people. Uh, but again, though, it's, it's a circle of trust. Now we get out from there and it's a even more, uh, it's a bigger circle of, of trust. Uh, and this would be like if you were a part of a private discord or maybe a private group somewhere uh, where it's, it's it's you know, we're always adding in new sharp people that we see or we're, you know, we're trying to exchange notes. But you can kind of, you understand that the assumption of trust breaks down a little. Everyone's kind of free to use this information as they choose. You hope you can get back as much as you give in. You hope that you have enough people here that it's a, like a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a one-to-many relationship in terms of what you put out and what you get back. And this is a situation where you just have to be a little bit more careful with what you say, because again, you kind of have to assume people are talking. And this is where you also need to make sure that like the stuff you put out there it kind of um, shows your reputation as to what, you know, what you have to offer to other people. But it's a very, still a smaller community. I'd say maybe like groups of like 50 at most. And then you get to that fourth circle, and now this is public, okay? This is this is posting on Twitter. This is posting on a large Discord. This is uh, writing something on like uh, medium.com where anybody can, or Substack, where anybody can come and read it. You have a blog or whatever. Uh, this is public information. Now, you have to assume, you, you definitely have to assume that whatever information you give out here suddenly goes into the world and becomes fact around the world, public knowledge. Um, so any angle you would put out there is probably going to get blown away just based on the amount of people that could possibly read it if you become a popular person or somebody that has a high reputation factor. Uh, so those are the four circles, right? So if you have something that is really sensitive and really valuable, you probably don't want to share that past your second circle, that, that very small group of, of people that you share information with. Once you get to that third circle and that fourth circle, uh, you you, you, know, you can't quite trust that valuable information. Now, if you want to talk about something that's long dead and you just want to kind of do a post-mortem or say, you know, this is this is how I exploited this, um, there's, there's often value in that. There's just not value that people can use to attack something right away. That would be like a public thing or a third or fourth circle type of thing. But if you have something like this is worth a couple thousand dollars a week, you better keep that in a very tight circle to make sure that it's not something that gets blown out there to everyone. There's a, a saying that I first heard back in, uh, I think it was 2002. And it was, I heard about this saying because there was a blackjack tournament held, no, sorry, blackjack promotion held in Biloxi, Mississippi uh, on Father's Day, which happened to be June 21st. 21 and so they paid all blackjacks at two to one that day at the imperial palace in biloxi and uh word got out to basically every ap on the planet and they all kind of went there and it was just a ridiculous situation where the casino basically shut down blackjack after a couple hours because the players had an edge off the top of like two and a half percent and they were betting table max so they're betting like three thousand dollars a hand and casinos basically lost all of their high denomination chips to the players. And it was a, it was a big mess. It's legendary in, in advantage play circles, but somebody posted on the website, BJ 21, 
that was a member of Stanford Wong's website. And they said, discretion is the better part of valor. And I've had that, that in my head ever since as here's why you don't spill the beans about a very valuable promotion or a very valuable angle is because discretion is the better part of valor. In other words, like if you want to feel like you have, you know, puff your chest out, you've, you've conquered the world, you, you, you actually have something that is like insanely valuable. Um, being discreet about it is actually far more valuable in terms of your own personal uh, takeaway from the item than it is to tell the world about it. And so I, you know, I've always kind of held that. I, have I followed it to the T all the time? No, I've probably said things a little too much in different things for different, you know, different promotions over the years. But at the same time, it just was like, man, uh, you know, if you can just kind of button the lip and keep it to yourself, uh, that'll feel good for decades to come. I mean, I can certainly think of one particular time you uh, did not use discretion when coming when talking about something fantastic, because that is unabated.com. It is very much, very much the paradox here of the reality that we do promote fantastic tools, fantastic ways for you to find and get edges and let's be real, make money if properly applied on unabated.com. And yeah, here we are trying to shout it from the rooftops to everybody. And it is one of the funny things about, you know, being open about the problem with having something that helps give people an edge. They don't necessarily want to share that. And but here's the thing, Tom, we covered this on one of our first podcasts together, like last year. Uh, What is, you know, what is it about unabated that makes it different than somebody giving all the answers out? Well, the difference is is because we require people to do the work. We design these tools so that you have to put something in to get something out of it. Probably the number one reason we have people not continue with unabated is because they don't want to do the work. They want the easy button. Uh, Well, trouble is the easy button is going to lead to you destroying accounts. It's going to lead to you. Uh, finding something that everybody else has already found. But if you can do the work and you can actually use the tools to kind of just leverage yourself up, it's very sustainable. And that's what we found. And we also found that if we build more than just one tool, so if we have, you know, an entire array of tools, then not everybody's doing the same thing. And, you know, there may be a thousand ways to beat a sports book and we're pointing you to 50 or 60 of them. Uh, So there's plenty of room for growth horizontally as well as bankrolls to grow vertically indeed and if you want to try and grow that bankroll vertically again we recommend heading on over to unabated.com today get yourself started with a trial if you're not already a member we've launched our mlb first five tools and you know i know that i can talk about this because i saw us promoted on twitter today we have some wnba prop stuff coming your way pretty soon as well a lot of exciting things going on right now at unabated again that's unabated.com check it out today right jack oh absolutely uh look wnba is kind of a neat little angle women's sports are blowing up there's a lot of money being wagered on women's sports right now and it's a great opportunity for us to put out tools on the wnba and also have it be a market that can take a little liquidity uh i think it's going to be a game changer for a lot of people especially those of us who they get to this point in the summer and they're just sick and tired of major league baseball. Look, I made, I made a lot of money over the years on baseball. I still like betting baseball, but man, you get to these dog days, July, August, you're just, you're just begging for some football. You just can't stand that. It's like 
16 games a day and you're you're just you know trying to find edges on these same players names every day and yeah um this is a little bit breaks it up the monotony for some people definitely and that's just you know another way that you can use the fantastic tools we have for you at unabated and we hope that this episode is going to be a fantastic tool for you when it comes to bet bash networking and beyond but for now that is going to do it for us i've been thomas viola he's captain jack you can find us on twitter at unabated sports instagram same place and as always one more time check out unabated.com thanks for being here with us today we'll see you next episode